listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. Right, welcome to episode number 70 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and joining me today is Dave Lyon. From Australia originally, David has been around rugby for most of his life. Having only started coaching in 2014, he had immediate success with the Fairfield Yankees men's team out of Connecticut, who went on to win the USA Rugby Division Three National Championship in 2016. Currently, he's the head coach of Sacred Heart University, Staples High School, and Westport PAL Youth Rugby, as well as doing some consultancy work with his company, Scrum Down Rugby. It's a pleasure to have him on the show, so welcome, Dave. Hey, Eddie. How are you, mate? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, you know, good, 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 to, good to talk to you and um, chat, chat rugby in, uh, in North America, and uh, especially, Absolutely. you know, you being in Connecticut, me being in Montreal, we're probably, probably only four or five-hour drive away, um, so yep. probably... Probably facing some of the similar challenges and similar, uh, we're seeing some of the similar, um, you know, chances that are there for, for athletes and clubs and, and programs. So yeah, it'll be good to talk. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just just to kick off, what's a, what's a bit of your backstory in terms of playing uh, before you got into coaching? Oh, Andy, I played for you know I played in high school or at school. Um, grew up in Sydney. Um, started playing when I was four and played for thirty years. Um, all over the place, Rep- some representative rugby, high school rugby, um, played for Eastwood for a little bit, rugby club in Sydney, also Gordon, and then moved on to sub-district level, Linfield, Kings Old Boys, Barker Old Boys, and then ended up at the Mudgy Wombats to finish my career out. Yeah, yeah we, we were talking a bit off air, the mighty <laughs> Mudgy Wombats, so I've got very, very fond memories of Mudgy, uh, went out there for uh, the... The notorious Mudgy Sevens. Uh, I don't know if they still have that tournament, but oh, I hope so because that that was a that was a lot of fun. It was a great place to play rugby. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. Now, how did you end up in the US? And uh, what what was some of your when you did start, you know, dipping your toe in the water for coaching? What were some of your early observations in terms of the playing landscape from a from a coach's lens? Oh, look. You know, I've been here for uh, twelve years or so, and um, as I said, you know. Started started coaching about five years ago, but prior to that, I was looking around and really didn't know that there was a great deal of, of rugby in, in America and just started to pick it up and then notice it. And then I was invited to, um, because of the silly accent that I have, come down and help a particular team in our local town. And it all sort of went from there. But it was, you know, it's looking at what they've done here, you know, particularly let's just say the five years that I've been involved, there's been a massive change in, in, in the understanding of the game. Um, the culture of the game has increased. Um, and, and, you know, respecting the game of rugby overall, I think has just gone tenfold. And it's been a wonderful growth period to me from what I've seen in the last five years. Yeah, cool. And what do you, what, just expand on that a little bit about around the, the culture of the game and, and how you've seen that change? Well, you know, I've seen I've seen people start to uh, you know understand what this game can do, um, understand that it's a real world game, um, and it's just not confined to the borders, um, and, and look at it and say, well, gee whiz, you know, this is this is this is a game that you can learn so much in, and you can be a part of a team, you can uh, you can grow, 
and and it can help you for, for you know be you can be involved in it for as long as you like it's not a game that you finish high school and you're done mm. it's a game that you can play for as long as you want to play in and as many levels as you want to play in and the opportunities have just opened up so massively in the united states at the moment for that uh for for everybody and that's going for players and coaches alike yeah and you you, you know with mlr with uh you know, university possibilities on the horizon and, and sevens, you, you, you'd also say that there's still a really high ceiling there that's nowhere near being met. We have not even touched it, I don't think. We're just on, you know, it hasn't even started, really. It's got yeah. so, so you know, so much further to go. It's phenomenal. All right. So, yeah, like I touched on in the intro, you've, you've you know, five years, relatively short time uh, in, in coaching. Yeah, you had some early success there uh, with the Yankees. What 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 do you think some of the key areas that you focus on really kind of got you some nice bang for your buck there? You know, I I'm, I when I coach, um, I, I guess it started right at the start when I started coaching, and and having been coached for thirty years by a, a dozen or so different coaches, you sort of put all that together, what you can remember, of course, mm. and put it all together and sort of decide what you want to do as a coach. And I was very clear and concise in my decision as to what I wanted to do and and um you know you've one one of the things that is really important is respecting the game respecting each other mm-hmm. self-belief mindfulness um just understanding that when we go out there most people that want to play the game are athletes to start with mm-hmm. so if we can get what I've found if I can get the skills right the basic skills don't overcomplicate the game that's one of the biggest things and then just put it together and have them believe in themselves and understand things, and then and and it just it just sort of goes from there. So you, and I was very I was lucky. Sorry, I was lucky yeah. to get to with the Yankees. I had a great, phenomenal group of athletes um, that had played some time, not not necessarily a great deal, maybe played two or three years. And once they got the mindset right and the belief that they could do anything they wanted to do on a Saturday if if they chose to, then away we went. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting there. You 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 mentioned skills once, but then you mentioned a whole bunch of soft skills. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, mentality and approach, uh, and and teamwork and cohesiveness. Those those kind of things of you know just being you know good mates with each other and stuff like that. That that's that's really interesting. What's your what's your kind of um, viewpoint there in terms of forming a team and a, and a, an environment around that stuff? Well, you know, as I say, we do. I do a lot of um, uh, mindfulness at training with them and have them understand things. We do, look, we're not missing out on the skill level of it mm. and, and the game plan and the, and it's all about, you know, we trained last night, we trained today. I want to train better than I did last night. So we've got to be better every day. Mm. Saturday, we want to in, in, we want to play better than we did last Saturday, and it's all about that based off a simple game plan. Mm-hmm. Nothing complicated because I can't, you know, they haven't grown up with it. So a lot of a lot of the men and 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 kids that I'm coaching have got a limited um, knowledge of the game. So the simpler you keep it, um, I find the more enjoyment they get, and then they'll start to increase their level as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you're keeping them positive about everything that they're doing. And having them believe in each other, trust in each other, and and believe in themselves, really just believe in themselves that they can do whatever they want to do when they take that field, then you can get that to work. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, yeah, that's good profiling of the of the player group. There, you're you're looking at it and saying, well, you know, I don't, I might not have uh, 
a fly half who can kick 50 meters and who can, you know, you know, do a cut pass that, that misses out <laughs> half the field. So we can't play that, that kind of, uh, you know, style of rugby. So, well, an example, an example of that mate exactly is that my uh, national winning champions, uh, national championship winning team in 2016 didn't kick the ball. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't kick. I didn't, I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of kicking for starters, Yeah, but uh, being a front row, but, um, just having ha- having a guy that can kick the ball 50, 60 yards, we didn't have. Mm. So um, I, I gave them the belief that, you know, we, we hang on to the ball, we attack it from everywhere, let's do that. Um, and they and they, they bought in and we were able to do that, we were able to achieve that. Mm. Oh, that's cool. And uh, what do you, what do you, you know, that something like that's got a shelf life as the game progresses, how... How are you seeing that um, in in your coaching in terms of uh, as as the game and the players and the clubs get better around you? How how are you looking to to adapt to that? Look, you're always wanting to uh, make changes. I think, and and you know, w- whenever you're at the top, there's only one way to go. Um, whenever you're down the, the the ladder, there's only one way to go. So um, you're wanting to every year um, look at how you can change that team, adjust that team, change the plan that we have or the, the game plan being that and look at different ways of doing things. And um, so there might be a setup or, a, a, you know, but I, a, the basic premise that I work on is, 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 is that it's just very simple. It's really straight up 101 rugby, you know, the KISS principle all day long. And um, but we can change directions or pods or things of that nature and adjust those uh, from season to season. And then you might bring in, a, you might find a guy who can actually kick. Okay, well, if all of a sudden we've got a young man who's just turned up who can kick. Okay, we can add that to our to our resume now and create another another option for our game plan. Um, so you know you've got to work it. It's it's really important. I find that as a coach, you've got to coach what you're given. And uh, at this level, particularly, I'm not, a, you know, at an international level, you're choosing what you want. But mm. at this level, we are, we're, we're more or less coaching what we're given. And what we need to do is create what we're given into a force that can go forward and do what we want it to do every week. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, um, what, in, your, in your time coaching so far in the US, what, what have been some of the areas in your coaching that you've realized, okay, I need to, I need to upskill in that area. I need some development in that area. And, and, how how have you gone about kind of chipping away at that? Um, personally, in my coaching ability, or yeah, yeah, you as a coach, what it, what areas? Look, the biggest, I think, I think the biggest thing was the communication, and 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 you know, um, when I start, you know, like any Aussie, Andy, as we know, when we start talking and gibbering and on the sideline and, and <laughs> during training, no one understands the bloody word we're saying. Yeah, try so, try that with uh, <laughs> half the team being French Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> so what I had to learn very quickly was to uh, obviously keep my uh, chats very short, mm. uh, concise, and very very clear, mm. and do the best I could to come across as, as as clear and concise as possible in a shorter shortest amount of period because you're not going to hold them for too long, mm. and I want that information to go through. And then you need to choose what it is you need to work on. You can't you can come off a field on a Saturday and have a have two two pages worth of things that you've done wrong mm. you need to take two or three of those and decide that's what you're going to work on this week and that's yeah. it yeah. um and not because otherwise too much information will confuse them and slow them right down so that was the biggest thing i've found 
really with with my coaching is just my, my communication skills of really being very clear, concise, and understanding. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. And yeah, I find that too. And that's why I like using um, the principles of play for rugby in that you look at a game, you're on the sideline, and then you're assessing, okay, what's our go forward like? Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, our offload game doesn't seem to be working today, so we've got to link that back to our support, and that's affected our continuity. So it just places it, those easy little pieces there that you can that the players understand. You can you can design your practice plans ar- ar- around that. So it sounds like you're doing something similar. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, you you've had a lot of success in in growing uh, the participation numbers within a, a number of the grassroots programs that you're working with uh, over in Connecticut. What, what have been some of your successes uh, in doing that? And, you know, especially being based in the States, similar landscape to, to Canada in terms of uh, the, the the position that rugby is in terms of the other mega sports there. What, what have been some of the difficulties in, in growing those programs? Well, you know, what we've found is that we've introduced a sport into, let's say, Staples High School and Westport PAL Youth Rugby in the... Um, <clears throat> You know, we've grown. We're not, we're not, since I came into the Staples High School program, I've been coaching there uh, as head coach for three years. We've had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we've had, uh, uh, we've gone from about thirty children, thirty boys, up to we're going to top out at about 80, 85 this year. Awesome. Um, we've got four teams now, which is fantastic. Um, the youth level now has gone in the last three years has gone from zero, obviously, to we'll probably get to about fifty or sixty kids in that program this year. Um, that's U10, U12, and U14. Okay. So, but what it's about, and and the most important thing for all of that is that well, one of the main things is as a coach, I don't talk about winning at all. Mm. Uh, I do not right. discuss that. Um, we don't talk about either the varsity level, first 15 at, at high school, and there's, or even my men's team that I used to coach and my other teams that I coach. I never talk about winning. I just don't believe in talking about that. We will set our goals at the beginning of the season where we have a period of about an hour that we can talk about whatever it is we want to talk about in regards to winning every game we play, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. But once that session is over, that is it. And so we've set our goals and then we need to, to achieve those throughout the season. And I find once you take those sort of pressures off, um, particularly young men or any men for that matter, it sort of makes a change. With the, with the high school and, and the fact that we don't talk about that and the youth level, we're all about safety and just enjoyment of the game. All I want to do at the end of the day is create a rugby supporter. Mm. I don't, you know, I, I, I have 85 kids there this year and I could probably pick half a dozen that will end up playing after school. And that is perfectly okay with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I've now hopefully created a further 80 rugby supporters for life that will maybe get into business, understand how to communicate with other people in the business life, how to how to mature themselves and work in a team environment, mm. maybe travelling overseas and find that they're at a Six Nations game in the UK and be able to watch it and and communicate with their business colleagues on a, on a, on a high level that they, that they couldn't do before. Yeah. So <clears throat> those are the sort of things that I look for and, and, and that I'm trying to do, and that's just built the camaraderie around that and the enjoyment and... Uh, certainly don't yell and scream it. I think that that's the old that's the old style coaching because that's yeah. gone. I think. Yeah, hopefully, and, but I think it's I still present. So. But it, it's it's at least people are aware of it now, and it's it's now it's frowned upon to a point where it's okay. You have to change, or or we're we're going to move on. 
I think that's really important. I, you know, there's no need for that in mm. this game. I don't think there's any need for that in any game. But um, when you take that part away and it's about just having some fun, we're out there having some fun. If we make a mistake, perfectly okay, and you are guaranteed that no team member is going to get down on you because yeah. they are not allowed because I make that very clear. How many kids that you've coached have made mistakes on the rugby field deliberately? Deliberately? Yeah, none. Z- zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I said to these guys the other day, like, you know, I, no one's perfect. I'm yeah. not perfect. You're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. Just yeah. understand that. So as a teammate, pat them on the back, help them out, look after them, move on. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's great messages. And, uh, you know, I, I love that part about no winning, no talking about winning. And I, I like about, okay, you know, you, you, we get some time to talk about it at the beginning of the season, but that's not our, our focus. That's an outcome. We can't control outcomes. Um, and, you know, you know, one of the things I've done with a lot of the junior programs I've, I've, uh, I've run is I'll, I'll give them a survey and I'll ask them why they, why they're playing rugby. And, you know, these are grade 11 kids and winning mm. was mentioned by one out of 60 guys the last time I did this. And it's is all, that right? yeah, yeah. And it's like, they they don't value it. They don't. They they may say they value it, or they may value it because of societal pressures or whatever. But what they value is hanging out with their mates, uh, playing a game that they're maybe not familiar with, getting fit, um, playing a physical sport where they can you know get stuck in. And surprisingly or not, what, what popped out was also meeting people from the other team and, and going to different uh, fields and stuff like that. So yeah, like well, these are adult values that we place on on kids, and I think your approach is bang on. Yeah, I think you know, I I, I think it's important, and I've found that it's been a successful formula for me so far. Mm. Um, and it, it it just has included, you know, I've I out of these eighty five boys I've got playing this year at the high school, there is um, probably sixty probably only 60% have ever played before. Mm. And um, the further 40%, I've got kids in there that have never actually even played a contact sport yeah. or a sport yeah. before. That's now, they right. choose rugby as their yeah. first sport, which is pretty cool. Yeah, good on them, eh? <laughs> little, little nerve-wracking as a coach, but pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, that's the sort of thing you want. You want yeah. them out there enjoying it, playing with his mate, their mates, as you say, and just having fun and, yeah. and, and knowing that nobody is – Nobody is going to judge them for whatever happens on that field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And, and that is what this game's all about. Yeah, that's powerful for young kids too, that, that, that concept. Because, you know, you remember as being a kid in high school, you, you're so uncomfortable in your own skin when you're in grade 8, 9, 10, whatever. Yep. Um, yep. And, and just to be able to be out, have that freedom to not be judged, not be criticised and just go and play and, you know, learn from those mistakes. Sure, we're not just going to leave them on the field. We're going to we're going to build from them, but yep. we're going to do it in a positive and supportive environment. That's great. That's exactly right. You know, it's just it is it is important, and that's and that's what it, and that's what it does for these kids. And that's uh, and that makes me proud every day that I go down there and train them. You know, it just really is. It, it's exciting. I look forward to going down there every afternoon, and I get something out of it, which yeah, is great. That's awesome. That's great. And what what about challenges? Um, you know, we're you know, surrounded by these, you know, glossy images of NFL and NHL and, uh, you know, Major League Baseball and all that kind of stuff. Uh, rugby can often be that kind of weird fringe sport that, that people haven't even seen. Uh, what have been your challenges in terms of uh, starting up programs at schools and youth organisations? 
Yeah, it's it's at times it gets a little tough. Um, parents are, uh, are scared of it, mm-hmm. um, but we have we have a lot of parent meetings um, at the beginning of the season. We have a couple with both the youth and the high school, and just mm-hmm. bring everybody onto the same page and mm-hmm. give them a full understanding of the the. The, the, the benefits of the sport, but also the safety aspect of the, of the sport. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and as I explained to them, uh, I might lose them in some of the conversations that I have, but over the last 40 years that I've been involved in this game, the game has changed so much. Mm. And, and everything, in my, in my opinion, everything has been a change for the better. Mm. Um, you know, when I was doing scrums, we were about 12 yards apart. <laughs> and, and, and now we're ear to ear. And it's just a phenomenal piece of machinery now mm. that it's just things, the IRB and the USA Rugby and all the rugby communities around the world have, have made this game a much safer sport. And, the, and understanding and, uh, and people thinking that, you know, the NFL is, you know, safer than rugby is ludicrous, but that's okay. It's just what it's around, and um, we're, we're changing some minds. And, and I'm getting a lot of footballers from the high school who have come across and play rugby in their in their out season. So mm. it's that's exciting. And you know, and in fact, I, 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 uh, they've asked me to come this season uh, next fall to the football team and help them coach t- tackling. Great. So that's an exciting aspect that we can. Put into the to the football team and start to get the, the cohesiveness between the two groups. Yeah, well, that's symbiotic for sure. Like, um, and you know, you you hear, you know, on forums and and which you know they're forums after all, but um, you hear some schools uh, there's a real divide on. Okay, we're football. Don't you're not allowed to have any contact with my athletes, kind of kind of thing. Yeah. My athletes, that 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 old saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It sounds like you've got a, a group of uh, football coaches there who are really uh, looking to 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 get some benefits out of rugby and vice versa. We do. We have some great we have some great football coaches there, and we've just and this has taken this has taken a few years. I, uh, I can't say this was immediate, mm. and it's taken time. It, it I, I feel that what rugby does, particularly for football, is it scares them because, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but what I'm saying is that is that. Um, they feel that we'll compete against them, that their players will never come back to them, and mm. that's not the I- that's not the idea for one second. No. Um, uh, these two sports can com- compete side by side, and they've got so many synergies and so many things that are alike. Obviously, because that's where they started. Yeah. So that you know, it should be it should be encouraged by footballers to play rugby and rugby players to play football if they've got the opportunity. I think it's important. Yeah. And what, what about crossover athletes? Who, who, who have you found have been the ones who pick up rugby the quickest? Wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Try and get wrestlers all day long. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And a couple of basketballers. Yeah, so I was going to say height, that too for me. Yeah. Some height in the lineouts. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah I've found I, that too. I've, I've actually found the football guys are, are the hardest um, just because of the nature of the stop-start game and, and hockey guys as well, uh, just because when they hear a whistle, yeah. they stop. Um, but I, yeah, for me, wrestlers for the for the contact work, and then basketball for the spatial awareness, and also soccer guys as well. If they're if they're tough, 
Soccer, soccer is great. I've always been. If they're touching, it's exactly right. I've always been. I missed that one. Yeah. They've, they've always, they've always, they've always been good, good rugby players in my mind. And, and basketballs, yes. Uh, wrestlers are phenomenal. Mm. I've got a, I've got a young bloke who's come down this year, this week actually, who's a, who's a hockey player. I've never had a hockey player before. Yeah, yeah. He is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Really, really impressive. Uh, picks up the game and tough as, tough as mud. You know, he's yeah. just phen- phenomenal. Well, it's funny, the first time I played hockey, and I'll go on the record here and say that I'm a, an atrocious hockey player, um, I the the similarities that I saw to rugby was, I was like a bit blown away that, you know, the timing and the space and, and you know, having the you know, spatial awareness and those kind of things. So, yeah, I think they do they do cross over well. It's just that um, a bit of upskilling around, okay, there's advantage and when a whistle goes, it doesn't mean we're stopping for, for an ad break here. Like, it, it, <laughs> it, can, it can start again. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah cool. Exactly. All right, well, looking looking a bit more closely at your coaching, obviously um, the set piece is clearly an area that you're, you're passionate about. Um, so starting with the line out, how do you go about building, you know, such a crucial part of the game uh, in your practice and, and especially, you know, with with bunch of kids who have never never played before and, and what's a session going to look like uh, when, when you're first exploring the line out with them right well when I you know start the season I'm looking at who I've got um, I have some new kids that have come that have that have come that, that, that have come in and some other ones that have followed over from last season and we're just looking at what we've got and how we can um, create an effective line out um, start with the with the throw the throw in and teach those boys how to do that um, and then look at my tall timber and find out what tall guys I've got and what guys that I've got that can that can manage to lift and lift at pace and speed um, and understanding when we're doing this that, you know, you, you might find a guy who's really tall but he's terrified when he goes up mm. um, and, that, and that's common and that's okay. Um, and then just mix them around and take your time with it until you can – find the proper uh, sinking and the proper understanding with them and they just start to, to, to meld in. And we, we do a lot of, a lot of uh, set piece uh, training every day of training. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, that's part, that's part of my plan every day for that as well as the back lines, but it's just a lot of set pieces. Yeah. And uh, so you gotta, you got to constantly balance there, like the level of complexity that you're going to have compared to the profile of your team? How do you, what, what, what are some kind of tried and tested methods you've had, like with, you know, playing around with the numbers in the line out, uh, you know, the calls and those kind of things? Yeah, look, I've come down to the, some really simple stuff where um, if we're coming in for a line out during a game, what I like to do now is the, and I will, sorry, I'll start with, I do a five-man line out. Mm-hmm. Standard five-man line out. I yeah. like that. It's simple. It still gives me some punch out the back line off the ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't come back to basic rugby, Andy. This is where I, you know this is how I play it. But mm. uh, but you know, so I when they're coming in, we'll do a line out call. But what we'll do is they just go into a very quick ten-second huddle, decide where the ball's going, mm-hmm. and then they line up and throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I've gone away from the calls. Yeah. Um, just to simplify things a little bit more, make it a lot clearer. Um, 
as the season progresses, you can add some, you know, I love little tricky line-out moves from mm. time to time because mm. they're fun and the boys actually really enjoy that. But when we just start like we have been the last couple of weeks and getting into the, the groove, just keeping it simple with just basic down to your front, down to, to your back if you can do it, if it's not too windy and things like that, just mm. keeping it very basic just and just getting – the line-out guys to understand, well, the, the number one jumper to be able to take a half step, take a step plus a half step straight up as quick as possible. Mm. It's all about inches, just making them understand it's speed and inches to get up there. I want that ball coming to their fingertips, and, um, and and we're okay. I've got I've got a new player this year for the varsity team, and he's uh, he's a really tall fella, and he's got a lot of lot of potential. Yeah. So. Just working on that and, and the safety aspect of it as well. And my, and the other thing with that as well, and it comes back again to trust, is my line-out jumper going to give me everything he's got? Mm. He will when he trusts his lifters. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the key, and we talk about that a lot, just making sure that he trust, you know, he's, he's going to trust you. You've got you to make sure that you don't let him down. So. Mm. Yeah, by drop dropping him on his head. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it. Never works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I got a lot out of. Um, I had Scott Allen on the show, who you, you probably know the name. He's an Aussie. Uh, he was with the Wallaroos for a little bit, and he was also yeah. on uh, the the Green and Gold Pod for in the early days. Um, yeah. And he talked about um, four man lineouts and how you know if you are down to a point where you have one jumper. Um, run a four-man line-out. Um, so many options and very few teams defend against a four-man line-out. Um, so I, I've had a, I've had a quite a bit of success with that. I, you know, this has come from a scrum half. I, I, I don't know anything I'm talking about here uh, with the line-out. But uh, <laughs> it was that same principle, though. I had one line-out jumper and I had uh, a six-week season, which is, like, ridiculous. You're probably on the same mm. same boat. They have a really, really small, uh, small season. So got to simplify as much as you can and then build throughout throughout the season and add little elements to it. That, that's exactly right. And, and you know, at the moment, I'm lucky. I, I, I always try and have um, <clears throat> a two, a two, two jumpers so that mm. I can have the five-man. Um, I will even at times bring in a winger who I think is a decent winger yeah. to jump in the line out and put someone back on that cover, that wing. Yeah. Uh, I've done that on a couple of occasions, just mixing things up. Yeah, yeah. Give, and, give him know, a couple that, of extra jobs. He, he's going to he's gonna do it in sevens uh, if he goes into sevens. So, so it's that a great little skill set on. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Valid. Okay, well, and, uh, you know, I was talking about lineouts there. I know nothing about that. Something I know even less about is uh, scrums. <laughs> um, when, when you first start with your group, um, what 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 are some of the kind of first things that you do and tend to be in the grassroots? What are some of the the general areas of weakness that are consistently popping out that you see with uh, young athletes? You just you just you just have to take your time with a scrum, obviously, because it's probably one of the most um, what's the right word? I don't want to use that D word, Andy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, you know it's a tricky it's a tricky position if you're not if you're not coached at it properly and. Um, but the one thing about it is when you get it right, it's the most beautiful thing you can ever watch. Mm. And um, it, it, it's just, you've just got to take your time with it and you've got to work from – you've got to decide who wants – who's going to – who's the right mix for your props and your hooker and your second rowers and your, and your flankers and your number eight. And, um, 
building the base from front to back. Obviously, that's why we're numbered one through eight. We start at one and work our way through. And um, I do a lot of neck exercises and proper stretching. We'll stretch as a team every afternoon when we start before we train. Mm. But when I break up backs and forwards, the forwards will then again go to another stretching exercise right. before we do scrums and lineouts, mostly because of scrums. And that will involve more upper body, um, the neck area and the shoulders and just give them another warm-up prior to going into our scrums because I just find that that's really an important aspect of it. Mm. Um, and then we start to just work it through. We work our three front rowers first and then we, we'll work out their form and their, their grips and their their body heights and then and then we and we'll put the second rows into it and then just work it back from there and, just uh, nice and steady yeah yeah so so just basic body positions key in that a lot of a lot of the guys who you especially first timers have probably never because they they're not allowed to play outside uh by themselves anymore uh they've probably never been in that that kind of scrummaging <laughs> body position what uh, is that something you notice that the, the ability to lock the back and be in that really strong, uh, you know, uh, parallel yeah, position to the ground? We do we do a lot of that parallel position one on one. We do a lot of that. We do that every day at training, mm. and and I actually do that for the whole squad, the whole yeah, yeah, group of eighty five kids, because it not only teaches you if you're a scrummager, it doesn't it teaches you for scrummaging, but it also teaches the backs how to properly come into a ruck as well. Their mm. body form are coming yeah. into a ruck. They need yeah. to be low and set. When they hit, they can drive through. It's the same. It's the same scenario. Yeah. So so we do a lot of that every day. We just do that for about five minutes after we fully stretch as a team so that everybody's in. We do the one-on-one and then we'll progress to a two-on-one mm. and then we're just putting a little bit of pressure on it and just back and forward. And then when we go to the – and that gives them the body understanding and the body height without the scrum scenario mm. and then we can move them in. And then I will always bring in um, – I'll always bring in my professional guys, if you want to call it that, my – seasoned players that I have there for the front row if I have some and everybody will watch as we go through that and so that everyone can can look at it understand it and then we start to pull off from there and, and introduce other players to those positions mm-hmm. what it's if, a process yeah for sure and, and in saying that often you can be dropped in on a team we'll, we'll touch on your consultancy work in a minute um mm. you know it is a process and it's a slow build like a like a lot around rugby but um what if you only have one session with a group they've asked you to come in what what is uh, you've got you've got 50 minutes with those guys what are you what's the bare minimum you're gonna you're gonna want to cover well you know if you're walking into a i was in california a couple of weeks back working with a d2 men's team so they've they've got experience mm. I was asked to come in and work on their scrum. I was, uh, they've got the experience. They, they, they've done it before. So what I first do is ask them to set down two scrums just to want to have a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, watch what they do and then pull it apart and start again from the front row. Now, we don't have to – I know the players can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're seasoned players, so they understand the position, but just need to then tweak – and, and teach them, we do the one-on-one, we do some neck exercises, and then we start to put the scrum together. We use the sled first mm. um, as best possible. If we've got a sled, we'll use the sled first, and then we'll just use the front row comes in, get their body form right. Then we'll bring the second rowers in and show them how to lock themselves in 
and then bring the number eight and the flankers on and then start to put that scrum together, understanding that they're going to hit um, where the power in a scrum comes from, which I'm quite surprised that, well, I guess I'm not, but a lot of people don't realise that 65% of the scrum power comes from the back five. Right. And that's including your flankers. Flankers aren't used. People don't think your flankers mm-hmm. are doing anything in a scrum when in actual fact they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that a lot. So it's important to be able to put that together and then you're setting them up and you, 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 you're making sure that they're, they're grounding themselves, they're puffing their chests out, they're, they're firming up their, their bodies so that they can pull together. And when we go into a scrum, there's different techniques that you can use as well. Um, one that I love is that we go into a scrum sled and then I have them close their eyes mm-hmm. and not use any not use any communication except via via their touch. Mm-hmm. So they they tend to squeeze tighter. Yeah. They tend to be able to drive a lot easier. Cool. It's quite getting, phenomenal I'm what getting, happens. Yeah, I'm getting excited about that. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Um, reminds me, there's an Argentinian coach floating around uh, in in this part of the world who's uh, who does similar things. He has people going barefoot up hills, that kind of stuff to to get that that kinesthetic awareness. In. Well, yeah, you know, he, he, look, as a coach, I, you know, look, I played, I played number one for thirty years. I didn't move out of there. Um, and uh, Ewan McKenzie was one of my coaches when I was a kid. Um, but all of that's changed. It's now become because of the laws and what what are, what they've done with this scrum. They've mm. created it to be quite honestly one of the best things going around. It's it's seriously a it's such a game of chess and, and and your abilities and your 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 binds and your tightness and your thoughts and your feelings and it's all just it's become a beautiful piece of work and and once it's gotten once you do it right and so I studied New Zealand Argentina everybody scrums to try and figure out what is the best way to make a good scrum mm. and so and we all know Argentina has always had a good scrum yeah so that was what I was going to say who People wanting to see, you know, who who's doing it really well in the professional game or international game. Argentina's right up there; have been for a long time. Uh, who, who else? Argentina. Argentina's always been good. They were good way back when, and they stood. And they've they've gotten better now. Look, we 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 can't we cannot forget to mention Brazil. Mm. I, you know, the, I don't, up the did, internet that one, eh? <laughs> oh, mate, seriously, that was truly phenomenal. That was a seriously superb effort uh performance by the brazilian team who i thought was soccer players but never mind yeah but they could put one of the best scrums that the international rugby has probably ever seen and and uh really annihilated unfortunately the eagles with that one um well the maori all blacks as well and that's right that's right don't forget that that's exactly right so they've really worked overtime to work out that that piece of work and that makes a big difference when your scrums going forward Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely cool all right um you know, last thing before we wrap things up, you you started up a uh, rugby consultancy company uh, recently called Scrum Down Rugby. What's a bit of a, a story about what what you do there, and uh, who who's the clientele um, that you that you've been working with, and some of the success stories? Look, I've I've been working with um, with a, a couple of high schools in the local area that have asked me to come over. I, I went over to California the other week to, to do a T2 team over there. Um, I've got some uh, college teams down the Carolinas that are coming up in the next few weeks. Um, there's, there's, there's interest out there that of people just wanting because a specific on set piece, mm. mo- mostly specific on set piece um, 
play. And, and a lot of teams are not really sure. Um, and that's perfectly fine. I am a forwards head coach. Mm. Um, a lot of people tend to be, and others coaches tend to be back forward, uh, back coaches. So head coaches. So it's, it's important to understand if you're going wrong somewhere and, and put your hand up and, and, and I'm finding that there's a lot of people that do want to put their hand up and say, look, can you, can you give me a hand with this? Mm. I just need, you know, and, and for example, when I went to um, California, they, they were having, uh, they were having real problems in their scrum. They got, had no go forward whatsoever. I spent uh, a couple of days there with them, two, two hour sessions. Um, and their first weekend out, they won three tight heads and they haven't stopped doing that since so they've done very well and and it's just reminding teams and 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 players that um you know unless you're all on the same page and have the same goal then that scrum's not going to do what you want it to do um getting your form right it's it's really it's not tricky and then understanding that you want to be going forward even if it's their ball you want to be trying to pinch their ball every time Mm. they feed scrum yeah i agree and if you go forward, and this is my high school, we can only go a metre and a half, but we, I want to go a metre and a half every single scrum. Mm. And um, so you want to go forward, and that way your backs are going forward, their backs are going backwards. It gives everybody on your team confidence. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, going into any any uh, situation in rugby is like I've stopped calling it defence now. I, I call it attack without the ball. And basically, your goal is to get that ball back, and and scrums are no different, lineouts are no different. Uh, so, you know, if you're if you're not competing in either of those set pieces when you're not putting the ball in, uh, you're missing an opportunity as a team. I feel you are totally missing an opportunity. And even if you don't get that ball back mm. in a scrum, but you've still pushed them back, the opposition backs are going backwards before they can take that ball forwards. Mm. Yeah. So you've already got them on the back foot and you're building confidence from in your back line and yourself. Yeah. You're feeling good about yourself. And whenever you feel good about yourself, you do things better. Yeah, yeah. No, great. Awesome. And if people want to reach out and contact you, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can go to my website, which is www.scrumdownrugby.com. Okay, awesome. Great. And, uh, yeah, uh, I had a look around on it and uh, there's some good stuff on there, some some really good testimonials too, uh, the work you're doing. So, so that's great. Thanks. Thank yeah. You, no worries. Awesome. All right. Well, we always end the show with the final four questions. Um, when you were a kid growing up, uh, who was who was your who was your idol? Who was the guy you you really looked up to as a uh, as a as a player? No doubt, a, a David Campisi style player. <laughs> Same era. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've Topo seen your Rod- answers. So. Yeah. Yeah. You have. Yeah. Topo Rodriguez. Yeah, Topo great. Rodriguez. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I used to live uh, about 20 minutes from Concord Oval, 10 minutes from Concord Oval, mm. and uh, when, you, when it cost you $10 to pay on the day to go to a Wallaby match. Mm. And um, I got his autograph one morning after a game or one afternoon after a game, and I was wrapped. He, he was phenomenal. I just adored him, absolutely mm. adored him. Yeah, he's just got a book out too, uh, around scrummaging too, I saw, saw on... Uh, and he does a lot of mental mental uh, illness for, for men in Australia now too. He's a phenomenal advocate for a lot of things. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, I, I, I've seen, seen a lot of what he does on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, mm. he, he fires up every now and then, but... Uh, he does yeah. fire up every now and then. You don't want to say the wrong thing because he's uh, going to bring you down real quick. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's probably a, a props way of dealing with uh, certain issues. But yeah, no, it's great. It's uh, And on the mental illness side of things, he, he's, a, he's a wonderful advocate uh, for, mm. for, 
for not just men's health but mental health in in particular. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, he's just put a book out, so I'm, I'm you know definitely keen to have a, have a look at that. And uh, yeah, it'd be like reading a foreign language for me, but uh, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. What about now? Who are who? Who's the player that you like? What they're doing? I, I look. I am really impressed with Quade Cooper at the moment. Yeah. I've got to tell you. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've, I've always been a reasonable fan of his, um, but watching him this year with the Rebels, uh, his maturity level has gone through the roof, mm. and he is not trying to win games by himself. He's using mm. everybody around him, Great. and I really think he's a strong contender for a number ten spot in the Wallabies this year. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah, yeah I agree. And uh, you know, I think uh, it's funny. I think we in in Australia we've been guilty of like tying players down who have that kind of who are able mm-hmm. to express themselves like that and and who are able to you know be really creative and often you know make a lot of mistakes but also make some really really amazing plays and you know as a 10 you get the ball in your hand more times than any other player or probably other than the scrum half um mm-hmm. you're going to make mistakes um but i i think what it says to me and having had dave vessels on the show before i think he's in an environment where he's He's able to, you know, thrive um, and and also express himself. But also, like you say, also just the big picture. You don't overplay your hand every game, um, and there's there's a time and a place. So I think he. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited to see see how he how he goes this season, especially against the New Zealand teams. I, I you know, I think watching him. Yeah, you're right. He's a number ten that unfortunately tens are, are are on their own, and everything they do is under a microscope. Mm-hmm. And we need them. Yeah. And um, and yes, he does make them a lot of a lot of mistakes. But he was like, he, like, if we look back and think about Camper, how many mistakes did yeah. that guy make? Yeah, but exactly. boy, oh boy, you know, he he made some phenomenal things as well. So, mm. and they've they've always got to do that. But I think his maturity level this year, and he's in an environment that obviously is suiting him. Mm. He's got his mate Will inside him, yeah, so everything's yeah. everyone's happy. Yeah. And um, I I think that's I think that's a phenomenal thing for him. And I and look at another guy I was watching and very keen on, and I know he's had some problems, but. He deserves a second chance. Is Carmichael Hunt? Yeah I, yeah, I look at that guy, and I think that move to 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 the Waratahs has been a great move. Yeah, yeah. and um, I don't know where the check is going to like those two, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I agree. He's he's playing some good footy too at, uh, at the moment. So yeah, it's going to be going to be an interesting build up uh, for sure for the Rugby World Cup. And what what about coaches? Who's uh, third question? Who's a high profile coach that you you like what they do? Oh, look, I love Eddie Jones. I, yeah. I would really like to sit in a room with him just one-on-one mm. and try and pick his brain as best you can. I don't think I think that would be a very tricky tricky exercise. <laughs> but whatever is in there, I would like to get a hold of. I think that mm. guy is quite phenomenal in what he does. And when you listen to him speak at these Harvard events or whatever, they, you know, these things over in the UK and what have you, he, he comes across really well. And he's just got so much knowledge. Love to watch him coach. I'd love mm. to, yeah, I'd love to sit down with him and have a chat. Yeah, great, awesome. Yeah, I agree. He's uh, he's, uh, he's doing doing some good things, and I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the the kind of uh, coach v coach chat. I I just that always kind of prickles me up a little bit. But everything else <laughs> everything else is uh, is is bang on. Yeah, look, I'm not a big fan of that as well. I think they should just keep themselves quiet and get on with the business. But <laughs> but. You know, I think he's done a great. He's obviously done a great job with with England, and that's mm. fine. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Um, put all of his wins and losses aside. I just find his rugby brain 
it's truly phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to be able to understand that better. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, and last question uh, before I let you go. What's uh, what's who's a who's a coach in your community or coaches in your community that are doing really good work and deserve a shout out? Look, we've got so many coaches around here at the youth level, the high school levels, and uh, the college levels uh, in this area of Fairfield County and what have you that I know, and they're all doing wonderful jobs, and they're all working together, and they're all uh, trying to achieve the best that they can and, 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 and what have you. But the one guy that I had as an assistant with me for the last couple of years who's now moved on to, to another school is Rich Gasper. This, this guy is just, you know, truly he's got the nature to coach. He's got a, a soft nature and understanding um, terrific understanding of the game, but a, a great ability to understand the people that he's coaching. And he's a, he's a very impressive coach in my mind. Awesome. All right. Well, great way to wrap things up. All right, then, David, well, it's been, it's been great chatting with you. I've, uh, I, I'm, I'm always out of my comfort zone with scrums and lineouts, but, uh, I always, uh, like to come away with a couple of things and, uh, this, this, uh, this chat's been no different, so I want to thank you for coming on and sharing sharing your stories about the the good work you're doing over in Connecticut, and all the best for your your seasons. Andy, thank you very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries at all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can also follow us via Twitter at RugbyCoachesCNR or via the website therugbycoachescorner.com. Until next time, keep sharing ideas to make the game better.